0: Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 233 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This week is part two of two of an interview with Paul Putt. Paul is the parent of four athletes. I invite you to listen to part one, episode 232, to get the whole family's background. Also in episode 232, we discuss how the Putt family learned from their first two daughters' recruitments. Paul reflects on some advice from a coach, gives camp advice, how important a student athlete's commitment is and how video made a difference, and more. In this episode, we cover more recruiting advice on making a school list, how a student-athlete needs to learn to talk to coaches, academic importance, and how entering your freshman year of college strong and mentally ready makes a huge difference. So let's get into the interview. Paul took time out of his busy schedule, and we did the interview in his new training facility. The audio has a little echo in it, and you may hear a dog that was trying to get into the conversation. But the info in this interview is really worth hearing. Uh, What are a couple pieces of advice that you would give to a high school student and their family to prepare for their recruitment for college?
1: Um, Have the honest honest conversation. What uh, do you really love the sport? If you really love it, then let's move on. If you don't really love it, then the chances of you putting the hard work in to stay at the next level, because coaches are gonna have a lot more expectations of you. NAIA will have expectations. Division two will have expectations. Division one will have a lot more expectations. They will control a lot of what you do and how you do it. Good and bad, You know whether you like it or not, depending on your coach and also your program as well. Uh, Second thing is start looking at videos get a video together so you can ship it off. Coaches are all about videos They can watch them on their phone. They can watch them on their iPads They can watch them on their computer. They can do it while they're on the road recruiting or at their office or in their house That's a big deal Uh, Make sure it's good video at at that. Uh, The third thing is have your list of schools Um, What we've seen in the past is that kids don't typically go further than four hours past home. It's pretty rare It's pretty rare that they stay most kids that go further than four hours away from the Midwest usually come back home, and that's just the Midwest. Maybe everybody else is a little different. Um, have you list of schools, get prepared, start emailing, start peppering those coaches, say, hey, I'm interested in your school, and shoot the video to them, and tell them who your coaches are. You also gotta tell them on your emails what year your graduation yeah. is. If you don't do that, they don't email <laughs> you back, okay? And there's so many different rules. So like right now, Division One they're kind of locked down on what they can do they they're they're not getting a call and talk to you and stuff where division two and nai are still getting to do all that stuff and i don't understand the rules and i don't think the coaches do either so nobody really gets it but covid's changed a lot of that stuff as well. Uh, so, you're going to have the video, you're going to identify your schools, you're going to identify whether or not you really want to put the hard work into going, and then you can, you got you got all that information, you got a game plan, you can start peppering all these different schools and let them know that you're interested you and go from there. So, uh,
0: Mariah is a junior in high school and she's uh, gone from playing both volleyball and basketball to just basketball and concentrating on it. What are you doing with her? That, that maybe you didn't get to do with uh, Michaela or, or Macy?
1: Well, the one thing we started doing um, after Michaela and along with Macy was to, they have to own it. I can tell you right now, straight up, coaches will tell you this. I had a coach tell me this one time, and now I understand the coaches were asking me questions as well. Um, I like you, but I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk mm-hmm. to your daughter. And I'm like, fair enough, good luck. So, cause my daughter's quiet. So to me, that was interesting to watch. And she came out of her shell and she actually started having these conversations with coaches and the coaches a lot of times will dig up information on you. They will, if they're smart, they will find out a little bit more about your personality. So for Macy, one of our recruiting trips, um, the coach that was recruiting her, I talked to her, we were in her office. She goes, during our conversation, you have to interrupt me one time and ask me a question about my program. And I was like, oh wow, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun for me. And she did, Macy did. She asked her a good solid question and that coach was like, great question. And they moved on from there. And because the relationship is gonna be with the kids. Once you once you get to college and you're not doing club and high school stuff anymore. The coaches don't have a relationship with the parents anymore. I mean, it's about your kid. And they have to have that relationship, a good one or a bad one, depending on how it goes, um, with your child. And so hopefully you have your kids kind of prepared to communicate with other adults, to speak their mind, to stand up for things that they believe in. But at the same time, be coachable and approachable and, and be willing to make some changes. So with Mariah, we're trying to get her to identify those schools right now. I'm not worried about her talent. I want to know that she wants to go play. Um, I want to know what schools she may be interested in. And now I want you to identify those schools and I want you to start peppering them with, with, uh, with emails. And, uh, and then also at the same time, send your video. Uh, because she's had some requests. Um, she's, she has talked to a couple of the schools already and uh, she's got the chance to talk to Division 1 school. She's got a chance to talk to a couple of really good D2 schools. First thing they want to know is, do you have a video? That's like almost the first thing. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we haven't even talked about was the grades. Mm -hmm. Um, Academics is the big deal. With your son going to a school that's a very high academic school, most schools are that way because coaches don't wanna, if if it comes down between two kids and one kid's a very good student and the other one is not, coaches like to take their chances on the good student. Because there are some academic standards those schools have to stand by and, and abide by. And if you are bringing a bunch of athletes in that don't do that, it just looks bad for the school and it looks bad for your program and so your grades are really big and I would say grades are even a bigger deal for uh, the girls a lot of times uh, at the division two level because division two they can split scholarships up right and so if a coach can come in and give you x amount of money for athletic scholarship because they know you're getting x amount of money for academics you your full ride is going to be pieced together right but if it's a full ride it's great no matter what yeah. so so identifying those schools and starting to pepper those schools with emails is what she's been doing the last month or so
0: is there any leftover piece of advice you want to give our
1: recruitment families that we maybe have missed yeah I think your I think your clubs are important if, if your high school coaches aren't aren't um, sending your information off to colleges for you then your clubs are uh, one the club that Mariah's playing for right now is a uh, uh, phenom out of the Columbia area and they do an awesome job with the kids. They are killing Twitter. Yeah. and I don't care who the girls are there's there's girls from Nixon that Mariah plays with there's girls up in Columbia there's girls all over the state and those girls they they get the information about those girls and they kill Twitter with that information and they send it and what they're doing is they're sending it to all those coaches that they have relationships with and so those coaches on and they'll tell you we send this stuff off we put it on Twitter at nine o'clock at night because we know those coaches are looking at nine o'clock the next morning and we and it hits their Twitter page right there and they see that little clip and they see that your stats were good they see that you, you know, pull down 12 boards, and they know that you got three stills, and that you didn't have any turnovers, but had 20 points last night. Okay. Hey, tell me about your kid that's playing for you. They do a great job of that yeah. kind of stuff. And uh, that's important because, you know, club has kind of taken over stuff, and, and college coaches come to a club event because they can see 100 kids at one time. You know, you can go to a basketball arena, and there may be five courts going – two teams on each court. You got 10 teams. You got uh, 150 kids right there on all those courts and they can watch them and they can move from court to court. They can't do that at the high school level. And that's a lot of film to watch. Now they may come in and identify uh, two or three girls that they're coming to watch anyway. And that's been the sad thing about COVID. So the two or three girls that they come to watch at a tournament, every now and then they get to see that special little nugget that they hadn't heard about that golden nugget that is a diamond in the rough and they go, Hey, who's that girl? Yeah, or who's that boy? And, uh, COVID this year has kind of hurt that a little bit cause they, they, they were kind of kept off campus a lot of all the terms So a lot of the coaches weren't allowed to come. So supposedly they were watching on their computers, but you know yeah. how that works. So, you know, having good club coaches that are good club programs are going to uh, send your information out that believe in you because, see, they want you to be good in their club because when you're good in their club, then it makes their club look better, too, so.
0: Like, when you go to these camps and stuff, do you do you send information ahead of time, too, to kind of let them know that you're going to be at those prospect camps or ID type of camps?
1: Yes and no. Uh, with Michaela, we did do that. Macy, we did a little bit because you have to register. Yeah. So, so they have a registry up already, and so with that registry, all those coaches get all the information with all the kids coming in. It usually is their height and their positions and schools they go to, club they're in, stuff like that. So they kind of get that already. We did one or two camps last year with Mariah, and this is where your club coaches come in. The one, the one camp was closed already. Uh, registration was over. Uh, we didn't know it was going to fit in our schedule until the last minute, and then it did. Call the club coaches and hey, we really want to go to that one. Give me. A Little bit of time, let's see what we do. I mean, an hour later, they call calls back say you're in there. They'll they got your number down, they've got your information, show up with uh, you know, 100 bucks, whatever you owe them for the camp, and they're ready for you. For that instance, last year for Mariah, when she left that camp, they talked to her. Um, they said, When you get home, please send us your video. We want to see your video of some of your highlights from last year and stuff like that. So that turned out good for us. So We'll get
0: to talk about Merrick here in a couple of years, won't we? Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully. <laughs> so he's he's growing up, so he's having a lot of some big shoes to fill. Yeah, and, we're learning the
1: boy things a lot different than the girl thing, So yeah. that's it's a it's a learning process. Well, all over. and
0: your girls got recruited fairly early because because they were all always uh, mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may see a little bit of difference with Merrick, even though he's 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 a big tall kid, and, mm-hmm.
1: but uh, boys tend to be just a little bit later. They seem to be, um, of course. Working in, my, in my, my world in strength and conditioning, I, I see that with boys. You, know, they, you see the ones who are bigger and stronger and faster at 12. Well, by 16, everybody's caught up to them. You know, they're, they're, they don't stand out like they used to. And with the girls, you know, they may start developing early and, and be standing out at an early age. And they may continue to stand out. But eventually, other girls catch up to them too, maybe not quite as fast. Yeah. Uh, or quite as much, but but uh, people do that, and that's where the work ethic comes in. you got to make sure you keep working at it, because eventually you're going to find kids that are just as fast, hit the ball just as hard, um, work just as hard as you do, yeah. and you, you got to kind of keep that up to a certain degree. And, and I know one thing you and I didn't talk about, and uh, and this isn't just my own kids, but working with uh, other kids uh, have gone on and played at different levels of sports, uh, NAIA up to Division One. Uh, For my daughter at Division I level and one of the soccer girls that I worked with that's at Division I school, um, the one thing that stood out for them when they stepped on campus that first summer because for Division I soccer, and Division I volleyball, they go to school in July. And so when they get there, the coaches still can't touch them, but the strength coach can. And so one, one conversation I have with the parents is, let's get in the weight room, let's get it going, let's get strong, let's get conditioned. Because that first day on campus, when you're in the weight room, you're still an 18-year-old girl, and or in my, my daughter's case, you're, you're 18 years old and you've got girls on the team that are 22 years old. And my girl that, that went off to soccer that, that worked with me, here she was, she was a little bitty, and she goes into the, the, to the college program, and out of 10 freshmen that show up on that first day, she's the only one that had a weightlifting background. So her and my daughter both in different schools and different programs at different years, uh, they earned the respect of all the other girls right off the bat because the other girls saw, dang, they're strong, they're stout. And the coaches said, okay, you guys know what you're doing. So now we don't have to waste all this time trying to teach you all these things. Now we can take you where you are and just keep moving on. And that was a big plus. Um, The feedback from from my young lady who went off play soccer was she worked out with me at six o'clock in the morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays all through high school her senior year, even during soccer season.
0: Mm -hmm. And we've talked about uh, Parker, whenever he went in his freshman his freshman year, he went in the summer, got into the weight room with the uh, trainers, and then had a really good fall, and that parlayed into uh, getting some good innings his freshman year. And I, I know uh, uh, the Easley girl uh, is who you're talking about. We had her dad on our, our podcast. And uh, so yes, you've had some success with both your daughter and uh, the Easley girl, and being ready and being prepared uh, when they set foot on campus that very first time is very, very important. Because the the
1: strength coaches get so they're so imperative at the Division One level because they get they get a hold of the kids when the other coaches can't. So they get to do things with them during those times where the you know because you're limited. Division One you get limited a lot, Mm -hmm. and so they're they're really relying on that strength coach to help help reduce the injuries to help get them stronger more powerful to jump higher to be faster and so it's imperative that they do that and, and at the high school level you know some of the programs kids come out of and they're not they're not prepared they get to that college level girls are they're strong i mean they're really strong and uh I remember watching uh, uh, Jaden in a highlight film last year playing soccer, and she was running down the, the, the field. and If anybody's ever seen her play and how fast she is, and this other girl from their team was bigger than her and was staying with her all the way down. Well, soccer gets pretty physical. So here they are bumping each other with their shoulders all the way down and fighting for the ball. And I remember texting her after that I said, I saw your video. You remember all those shoulder exercises we yeah. did? There you go. Yeah. And that's why. And uh, just to make fun of her a little bit on that. But but that was true, that's why we did that, because they, they are so physical, and they do get to push off well with their shoulders, and so we were trying to get prepared for all that stuff. And so it's imperative, you get to make a great first impression or you don't get to make a, good, a great first impression right off the bat. And uh, you don't get that back.
0: And one of the advantages of going to a uh, four-year school and a bigger school is you get a lot of perks, but uh, some other disadvantages is you're playing against, like you said, 22, 23-year-old men or women, mm-hmm. and if you, don't, if you don't come prepared that first year, that, that freshman, sophomore year, you, you're sitting the bench. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and uh, we've been lucky, I think, with our kids and, and, and Jaden, as we talked to her because she, she did a great job at Mizzou. Uh, they came in prepared, and, and we've been kind of spoiled with our kids getting Absolutely. to play uh, early. Absolutely. And, uh, but uh, we do talk uh, in the Recruit Me a lot about uh, are, you, are you prepared to sit? Yeah, and uh, if mentally, you're not prepared to sit your freshman and that's sophomore art. year. That may not be a
1: place that you need to go. And that's tough, you know. That's that's another discussion we had with uh, with Macy going off to Division one school. Was are you ready to sit down? Because it's gonna be really hard for you. Because I mean, she went in with five other freshmen. One one of the freshmen played quite a bit. Another one got to play a pretty good amount. Uh, her her best friend and roommate played a little bit less than, than the other girl and then the setter our setter that she went in with that they were recruiting uh, before macy she hardly got to play at all and a lot of that had to do with not because she didn't do a good job it's because of the offense that they ran mm-hmm. on the volleyball court and they kept one setter on the court at all times so um you know we we had that conversation are you ready because you've never set and watched before yeah. and that's college for you a lot of times and for her, she didn't have to. She, she worked her way up, she, showed her, she had talent and, and did that, and, and she fit into the scheme of their, their rotation. But we were trying to get in her head and just get her ready and prepared, because it's hard, it's, yep. it's deflating, uh, it's upsetting. I mean, when Because everybody comes from a high school or from a club season where they're, the, they're all the studs you know they're good and uh, you know Macy was a three time all state and those aren't but guess what all the other girls on her team were not only all state but some of them were MVPs right. of the whole state you're, you're coming in with everybody else who's good now, now what are you going to do yep. so those are conversations you have to have um, there was a coach from uh, one of our ID camps we went to that made a good point he sat down and talked to all the parents he said you know identify the schools you want to go to, be honest about what level you can play at, and then then if you get to go to that school, if that school, when you choose a school, are you okay with not playing? Are you just wanting to go to that school because that's the school you want to go to, and are you okay with not playing, or do you need to be the one that plays all the time? Because if you're the one that needs to play all the time, then you may need to go to a different school. He goes, and that's okay. And he was telling us a story about himself. He played on a team, a men's volleyball program at a college, and they won the national title once or twice. And uh, he says, I never played a lick, Not one time. He goes, but my job was, I was the uh, uh, setter for the other team. So I I would watch film on the other setter and I would mimic every movement he did to try to prepare our starters to to play and to win. He goes, you know what, I never played and I don't regret it because I, I got to be on a national championship team. And I know that my role was to prepare the starters to, to play the team that I was playing the role of, yep. and he goes, I did my job. He goes, and I was okay with that. He goes, but not everybody is right. And I was like, you know, that's that's a good point. And, so,
0: and I've said both both are the right decisions if mm-hmm. you if you if you can accept it. So uh, you know, you can be a, a star at a, a smaller school, or you can you can go win a national championship someplace yeah, and, and and not
1: be the star and not be the star. And so those it's just a lot of conversations you have because I think like most parents. Unfortunately, if you're like my wife and I, you don't really know what's in your kid's head a lot of times and trying to pull that out of them because I don't they think don't know. they know. Yeah, they, they don't know either. And they're, they're still trying to figure that out, too. And you're, you're trying to get this information. So that requires sitting down and getting away from your phone and actually thinking about what you really want to do and where you want to go. That's hard sometimes for them.
0: Appreciate all the information and uh, really a lot of the things that you said reinforce a lot of the things that recruit me talks about i think you learned as you as you went just like uh, we did in our
1: process and we appreciate you sharing that information with our recruit me families i think the one last thing i'd add was just if you have questions ask people who have been there and done that that's that's one of the biggest learning things you can do right there just ask people who have been there and done that already
0: Yep, that that's uh, great advice and that's stuff that we did we didn't do uh, very well when we first uh, first started this well paul thank you very much you bet I want to thank Paul for sharing about his family's recruitment experience and also want to thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast so you can listen to a new episode every Tuesday and also go back and listen to past episodes. The last 10 episodes of 2020 had the 10 myths about athletic scholarships from the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. So to start 2021, I'm going to dip into Appendix C of the Recruit Me 3.0 system for frequently asked recruiting questions from student athletes and parents. I hope you find this Q&A section helpful. Question. My son did not receive a baseball scholarship, but wants continued continue to play in college. Is it worth it, or is it only the scholarship kids that get to play? Answer. Your son can definitely continue to play baseball even if he does not receive a scholarship. The coach may not see his talent until he gets there and tries out for the team. So much can happen during the course of a year. Players come and go. Some do poorly while others bloom at some point during the year. If he makes a team, tell him to hang in there. Playing on a college level is a lot different, and he will have to determine how far he wants to go and how long he wants to play. Thank you for listening and join us next week on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.